0: Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Sunday, November 15, 2020. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me, and today we're going to, in advance of Wednesday's NBA draft, conduct a mock draft here on the pod. We're going to go through the first 30 picks, alternating picks. Now, I've already done one with Cal Boone. Still trying to schedule one with Kyle Porter. Today I'm gonna knock one out with Deadled Norlander, which should be fun because our big boys are actually very, very different. Now, I do want to be clear. This is not necessarily designed to predict what franchises will do. These picks will represent what we would do if we were in charge. Is that a proper description of what we're doing here, Deadleg?
1: yeah yeah by the way it's it's november uh the dead leg stuff is like that's way gone you stop trying to stop chop stop stop trying to make that happen all right you all it it was it was it
0: was basically a year ago where you had you had it it was
1: actually it was uh it was just about a year ago we were coming up on the one year anniversary i thought uh, the end of 2019 was brutal who could have even thought what 2020 was about to bring that is accurate my picks are going to project where i would take these players if i were these teams in these spots and it should be noted that we are going to have a just rash of trades, I think in the 24 hours leading up to the draft and then on draft night. So we are going to have the teams as they're projected right now. Uh, If you're listening to this, podcast. Literally the morning of the draft is a way of getting hyped for the draft. Uh, be prepared because a lot of the teams we have in these spots will be absolutely trading out of those and that includes the possibility for Minnesota at number one. We're going to keep them at number one here. They might wind up being number one but I've been told by a few sources that they are uh, they are all too happy to trade out of that spot. If they can, it remains to be seen if they'll be able to.
0: Alright, Norlander, you're picking first and then every odd number after that. I'll take the even numbers. So You are now on the clock for the Minnesota Timberwolves. This is where I'll turn it over to you. All right.
1: With the first pick, by the way, as we start this, I'm just curious to see how this NBA draft goes Wednesday. Uh, as opposed to the NFL was a great raving success. Very cool. I would expect uh, a similarly terrific experience with the draft on Wednesday. And this is my reminder, again, as I make this, that Parrish and I will be on CBS Sports HQ all Wednesday night doing draft stuff to look for us there. With the number one overall pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select Obi. Toppin. He's number one on my big board. I find Toppin to be the most reliable player in this draft. He does not have the highest ceiling. You can make arguments for, I think, three of the four next players will have come out on this draft um, to have higher ceilings, but I think Toppin has the highest floor by far. I think he's a wonderful defensive player who doesn't get enough credit for that. Offensively, he's he's superb. Uh, he got great strength Helped bring Dayton to heights that never was brought before. 39% three-point shooter. 70% two-point shooter last season and also thrived against the good teams as much as he did against the average teams that Dayton faced against. So, for me, the most reliable pick. I'm not reaching on this. I'm going with Obi Toppin in Minnesota at number one.
0: Listen, I I don't think he has a chance to go number one, or I, I should say I don't think he will go number one. I don't think he's in contention to go number one. I also don't believe it's crazy to select him first in this draft. I just don't think somebody's going to do it on the defensive end is where people actually have real questions. I don't think many people um, are debating whether he's going to be an offensive weapon or not. He should be. I mean, he's real bouncy. Um, obviously dunks everything around the rim, shot 39% from three, so he can stretch the floor if you need him to do that. I, I love him as a prospect. You know, he's 22 years old. That will be used against him, not necessarily because he's, quote, old, but because, you know, what does a 22-year-old LaMelo Ball look like? What does a 22-year-old Anthony Edwards look like as opposed to a 22-year-old Obi And Reasonable people can disagree on that, but it is something NBA front office executives consider. But, um, again... I I do not think his name will be called first on Wednesday, but if we look up in five years and and we go, ooh, Obi Toppin's the best player from the 2020 NBA draft, that's that's not crazy to me.
1: Yeah, there's very little chance he goes one on Wednesday. I would t- if I was an NBA GM and I had the first pick, I would take him one, so that's why I've got him here. I think his floor is actually about number seven, and I don't think he has any business dropping to seven, but I think that that is still a possibility. That's still out there, and again, trades could influence that, but to me, he's uh he's the guy that I like most in this draft. He's the guy I, I mentioned in the offseason a few months back that when we look 10 years from now, I think Obi Toppin's going to have had the best NBA career of anyone in this draft pool.
0: Alright, with the second pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Golden State Warriors select LaMelo Ball. Um, It should be noted, the Warriors, just like Minnesota, uh, seem interested in moving the pick if they can get a... a a a package that satisfies in exchange for the second pick. Uh, But we're not dealing with that here. We're going to assume the teams that are supposed to execute the picks are going to execute the picks. So Golden State, LaMelo Ball, he's simply put the the player who's number one on my big board. I, I recognize all of the questions and acknowledge that he's far from a sure thing, but I guess I'd put it this way. If everybody in this draft becomes the best version of what I believe they can be, I think LaMelo Ball becomes the best player from this draft. He's a 6'7 point guard, great vision, great playmaker, great in transition, really creative. He can play at different speeds. Uh, Not a great defender, but there's no reason he can't be. He's got good instincts on that end of the court. Unorthodox shot has prevented him from being an efficient scorer, but he's a great free throw shooter, and he's got great touch around the rim. So there are reasons to believe that if he can rework the shot, he can be a consistent shooter. The fit with Golden State, obviously, or maybe not obviously, but I don't think it's perfect, but it might be a perfect situation for him because he doesn't have to be the star of anything from day one. Like he can go into a place that has a strong culture, culture that's built to win, he's surrounded by future Hall of Famers, he can be a backup. As a rookie, even as the second pick in the draft, under these circumstances, he could back up Steph Curry. He could play with Steph and Clay. I could envision a situation where they're out in transition. Here comes Lamelo Ball bringing the ball up the court. He's got Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, two of the best shooters of all time, running down with him. That's an awesome setup. Um, again, I you know, I, I I believe Lamelo will actually be the first pick on Wednesday night. But mm-hmm. if he's there at two. If I'm Golden State, that's who i take. Yeah,
1: I don't think it's a lock. Lamella's the first pick. Um, again, let's see if Minnesota can trade out of that one spot and if it does or doesn't. Um, if Golden State finds itself at two, doesn't trade out of that, by the way, um, because I've heard it, it's also... I just there's Teams are looking at so much with this. It's Wednesday could be absolutely wild. But if they're sitting there at two and Lamelo's on the board and they take Lamella, that's obviously a fascinating situation. Um he hates playing defense. I mean, he just there's just zero interest there. That's a that's a huge knock on him right now. Obviously considered to have a very high ceiling. Again, weird knees, not 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 with LaMelo's <laughs> knees. I've mentioned it before. Uh kind of a weird body not a reliable shooter. I'm I'm as big of a seller on the mellow ball, I think as anyone you'll find in the media. I, I don't even have him in my top 6 on my big board there. So I I don't, you know, I'm not outright objecting to, to the Warriors and you taking him here at second, but um I knew when we do this mock draft we're, you were going to have him as high as you did and I wasn't going to pick him because I'm just not uh, I'm just not in on him. With the 3rd overall pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select James Wiseman. Now, Wiseman to me is a lock to go top three, no matter if the Hornets stay there or if anyone trades out. a Wiseman could go number one, and the, and the situation we just laid out with Lamelo going two, I think that's probably I think that's probably the only way that Lamelo goes two is if someone pulls the trigger and goes with Wiseman at number one. Uh, just you know, seven feet, seven one, tremendous athleticism. Uh, the the weird curiosity with him is that he just hasn't played competitive basketball for almost a full year at this point. It's just been a long... Now, it's been a long time for everyone in this draft, but it's been a longer time for Wiseman than anyone else in this draft. But you take him, if you're the Hornets at three and he's sitting there, this is a wonderful... There's zero reason that you should not take him here. I I just... I think he's got... I think Wiseman has the highest ceiling of anyone in the draft. I, I think that's undeniable. He will uh, be able to step out and shoot it with some reliability in the coming years. I do believe that defensively. I think he's going to be uh, close to a lead at the NBA level. And this is this is the no-brainer. If you're Charlotte, you're not trying to trade out. If you if Wiseman's there, you get him. You take him at three.
0: I'm with you. I, I think at, at three in this draft, he is probably... If we can acknowledge Obi Toppin's probably not going top two, then at three in this draft, Wiseman, if available, is probably both best available and fills a team need for Charlotte. I, I'm, I know some have suggested he could drop outside of even the top five closer to number 10. I just don't no think. Shot, right? No shot. No I shot. Don't, I don't think he gets past three either. Um, he could go as high as one if somebody moves up. Because they love him, but I don't think he gets past three. James Wiseman, the uh, the physical stuff is is obvious and overwhelming. He's a center and only a center. That that position has been devalued, but you know, if I told you you can draft a, a you know a five time All Star rim protecting dunk everything center with the top three pick, you'd probably you know blindly say, yeah, give me that guy. And that guy, again, if it works out, that guy is James Wiseman with the fourth pick. In the 2020 NBA draft, the Chicago Bulls select Anthony Edwards out of Georgia. Uh, You're probably going to hear me say this a lot, given how different my big board is to Norlander's. But simply put, best prospect available. Big, strong, athletic, explosive guard. Should be a scorer in the NBA, if nothing else. He can get his shot whenever he wants, which is a great skill to have when you're playing in that league. He did only shoot 29.4% from three and 40.2% from the field at Georgia. He did not impact winning. He did not guard. So there are some real questions here. I, I do not think that there are people who think he is the best prospect in this draft and a sure thing. I don't subscribe to either one of those things. I do think he's a top five prospect in this draft. And uh, you know, at this point, given who's already off the board, I would take him, but I could also see him just being a, a big, strong guy that looks the part, but never becomes uh, the player that his physical tools uh, suggest he's physically overwhelming, but he didn't get to the rim very often. Why, why did he settle for jumper? We talked about this on a podcast when we profiled him in advance of this draft, didn't get to the rim as often as he should, given his, his natural ability. And settled too much why you know perhaps there's good explanations for that but he was not the college player I thought he was going to be and that leaves room for the possibility that he'll never be the NBA player some think he'll be although I I do think he's got to be a top five pick in this draft and if he's available with Wiseman Toppin and LaMelo Ball off the board that's who I take Uh,
1: listen I think that Edwards is going to be able to get into the NBA and average between 15 and 20 from like year three to year nine. I I think that's where he's headed and that's fine. Um, There's some good potential there. He, you know, he shot 29% from three, 50% from two, uh, not aggressive at getting to the rim. O rating of, of 103 last season per Ken Palm. Um, He probably won't drop beyond the top four. Uh, He's not a great playmaker. Um, And I wonder if that's going to have an impact on where he goes. But with Edwards, and I think this might be the case with a couple other players uh, that, that go in the top 10, top 15, he was such a dynamo as a high school prospect, then he goes to Georgia, not a college hoops power. You know, they weren't expected to do a ton last season. Will the team that selects him basically overlook that and say, no, we think that you're going to grow into a 20, a 22, a 23. We actually think we we like the way that you project as an offensive player. That's what we want. We think that you're going to be a top three offensive player for this team in a week draft, and that's where we're going to take you there. So I don't have a ton of objection to Edwards at four. I just find his whole package to, to have a, a, a decently low floor. And I've already said what I've said about LaMelo. To me, Edwards is the guy of all the players we talk about, I think, in our top eight that we're going to get to here. He's the guy who, if we look five years down the road, has such a wide spectrum for like, well, holy crap, dude. Like he's averaging 24 a night. Like he actually hit or... Yeah, man, like he's not even a starter at this point. I just, I just find his spectrum to be fairly wide. That's all. Okay, with the fifth pick, Cleveland Cavaliers select Anyeka Akonwu, another center. So this is unusual. Although I do, I find Akonwu to be a nice floater between being a center, and then I think that he'll grow into being like a, a true. A true five that can step out and, and hurt you in the mid range, and I, I'm a believer that the mid range hasn't been killed yet in the NBA. He shot 62% from two point range, tremendously athletic, blocked one in every ten shots when he was on the floor last season for USC. Was a top five freshman in America, excellent at drawing contact, unafraid of playing near the rim, great on great rebounding on both ends. Which is uh, which I think is an undervalued skill, but something that general managers and scouts identify. Uh, he is an absolute glass eater. Um, had a 119 offensive rating for USC last season. I was curious at the end of last season when it halted where a Kanwu stock would go, and to my surprise, uh, he has really floated into this you know four five six range where you know. Early March, it was not that. It was more like 8, 10, 12, um, but the the tape doesn't lie here, and I've got him at 5 going to the Cavs, and I think the Cavs would be very wise if they're in the spot to not trade out, and a con who I think, will be on the board. If they're there, they should take him.
0: With the sixth pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Atlanta Hawks select Tyrese Halliburton, Iowa State University, 6'5 point guard, who shot... from three in both seasons at Iowa State. Shot above 41% from three in both seasons at Iowa State. He can play on the ball. He can play off the ball. Needs to add weight, obviously, but he will. Can be a good defender. Knows how to get in the passing lanes. And I think he's just a perfect fit here in Atlanta. Uh, Obviously, he can back up Trey Young. But he's, again, 6'5 shooter. Like, you just want to call him that. Six five point guard, but he's six five shooter as well can play with Trey Young. So you tell me, and high character, great work ethic, like all the intangibles that people love, they they seem to be in place with Tyrese Halliburton. So um I did not have him this high until we did the NBA draft profile podcast on him, and I really dove in. And the more and more you try to recognize what it is Atlanta could use, and the more and more you look at what Tyrese Halliburton provides, I just think this is a a perfect match. I'm not insisting he's the sixth best player in this draft or prospect, but he's, he's in the conversation, and he's a perfect fit for the Hawks.
1: With the seventh pick... In this 2020 NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. And I'll use this to talk a quick bit about Halliburton and then focus on Hayes. Hayes, to me, is the best point guard prospect in the draft. Um, I did try to take some team needs into account with the previous picks there. I have Hayes higher on my big board than even seven there. I like him a smidge better than Halliburton and a smidge better than LaMelo Ball there. With Halliburton, you're probably right. And uh, how he? I actually think that if the Hawks did take Halliburton sliding him alongside Trey Young. I actually think Halliburton, they could make that work. Intriguing fit there. Pistons need a player like Hayes, no doubt about it. He has been uh, an ascending player on the international scene for years now. Wonderful decision maker, tremendous passer. Um the only real thing that needs work I think is physicality defending the perimeter and then the three-point shot, but otherwise I find him to be a guy when I and again I have not traveled to Europe to scout Killian Hayes. I have not spent probably more than honestly about an hour's worth of watching Killian Hayes video over the past uh, summer or so. But I have talked to people who have seen him a ton. Have talked to teams who have evaluated him, and he his projections I think are anywhere from say four down to twelve or thirteen. I think he's awesome. Love his build. Love his IQ. And to me, he's going to be the best point guard in this draft when we look up 10 years from now.
0: With the eighth pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the New York Knicks select Denny Avdia, who is, in my opinion, the best international prospect available. And at this point in this mock draft, the best prospect available. He's 6'9", point forward from Israel. He's still only 19 years old, very good in the open court. Most everybody has him in the top four or five. I do not actually think on Wednesday night he will be available at number eight. But if he were to find himself available at number eight, uh, the Knicks would be smart to just snatch him up. Again, I don't think he'll be there. But if he is, he is, he. is if he's available at eight, he should be, one way or another, the best available prospect on pretty much everybody's board.
1: I think I agree with that. We've got back-to-back international picks there. Avdia is more likely to go before Hayes, but I like Hayes a bit more there. Um, but and that's the pick, by the way. We've got it with the Knicks today. If they don't trade out, uh, Knicks fans listening, if if your team selects Avdia and he's there at eight, you should you should be satisfied with that pick. That's definitely one you want to be uh one you want to be going to with the ninth pick. I've got the Washington Wizards selecting Aaron Nesmith. He does uh, rate out as the best shooter in this draft. I mean, he shot 52% from three last season. Um had a stress fracture in his foot that ended his season after 14 games. But he is someone who has passed all of the interview tests. And actually, in recent uh, conditioning and workouts that he's been able to do, uh, he had an elite score for his ability to continually make shots from beyond the perimeter. And again, we're talking like running back and forth, going back, 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 and and shoot, 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 shoot. How how are you doing when we do this? Keep this up for 45 seconds, 60. We're going to run you ragged. Do you fatigue quickly? How do you shoot? And his score remained to be tremendous there. I think he is just built to be a 12 year pro. Neithmus is 6'6. He's going to be a 220 pound shooting guard, wing, and. Uh, can certainly play defense, but the shot is why you're drafting him. A high-level uh, player, and he has, in my opinion, Neesmith has zero business falling out of the top 10 unless there is something that got flagged on a medical, which I don't see that being the case. I would pick him. The Wizards, who have had a history of, of having a, a decent shooter or two here and there, Bradley Beal, um, The foremost among them, Neesmith can be the next Beal type of shooter. Not quite a Beal type of player, I don't think, at the NBA level, GP. But from a scoring perspective and just stepping out and being reliable with the shot, he can be that guy. I got the whiz taking him at nine.
0: The only question with Neesmith I think would be like the sample size is relatively speaking small like we you know we have Cassius Winston playing four years of 30 plus games Uh, we know what kind of shooter he is he's done it over an extended period of time Neesmith has you know was he was not some McDonald's All-American coming out of high school and then you know he played I think it was 14 games as a sophomore shot an incredible percentage and now here he is I like him as well I got him as a lottery pick but if you were trying to I don't know uh bring up questions you'd say okay are are we really going to spend a top 10 pick on somebody who played you know where the sample size is is this small in terms of competitive basketball my answer to that question would be yeah sure why not he's 6'6 great body can really shoot it those are great things let's do it but if somebody were to hesitate to take him in the top 10 it'd probably be rooted in that stuff with the 10th pick in the 2020 NBA draft the Phoenix Suns select Isaac Okoro out of Auburn. Here's another guy who was not some, you know, McDonald's All American coming out of high school, but showed himself to be um, one of the most impactful freshmen really from almost day one at Auburn. You know, Phoenix is ready to win now. They showed that inside the bubble. Why not take somebody who impacts winning? At worst, DeCoro is going to be a great role player. That's at worst he's a wing with size very strong great defender really high basketball iq like that stuff translates at worst he's that type of role player um if you get the shot figured out you've got the potential for something special you know he only shot 29 from three at auburn that's got to get better but i think he can play in the nba even if that doesn't get better and if it does get better you'll feel great getting somebody like him you know, outside of the top nine.
1: Yeah, Okoro, uh, I don't think has star potential, but I do think he has great uh, potential as a starting-level player. Uh, Not immediately, maybe a year or two in, and I had mentioned this on the podcast prior, uh, Bruce Pearl said that he was the only freshman he had ever had that, in you know, ten or twelve different ways was basically like a senior. Like as soon as he just there were just the big things, the small things. He just never had to worry about Okoro from uh from an on and off court perspective. And I think that's a I think that's a big deal there. All right. With the tenth with the eleventh pick, excuse me, in this twenty twenty NBA mock draft, the San Antonio Spurs, with their new unis, I don't know if you saw those GP, they're gonna select Sadiq Bay out of Villanova. Bay, I've I've got him I think a smidge higher than he might wind up going on Wednesday night, but This is yet another guy coming out of Jay Wright's system who is going to step into the NBA and I think adapt immediately. He is going to be, you will hear the phrase three and D attached to him on on television when you watch the draft on Wednesday night. That's not inaccurate, but I think that he is going to be a bit more dynamic than just that. Um, Great length, no doubt about it, though. Like a six foot 10, uh, six foot 11 wingspan on on a six, seven and a half frame, which, listen, I think that he is. Honestly, I think he's perfect for San Antonio. I when we did our uh, when we we did out our mock draft in advance of recording this podcast, and San Antonio came up. To me, he is a wonderful fit. Wonderful. I think that he can grow into uh, a really fantastic player. Not on the level of, like, if you're thinking about, well, who is another maybe quasi-3 and D guy who went beyond the top 10 and then turned into a star. He's not Kawhi Leonard. I'm not saying that. But um, going to this spot, given his attributes, his physicality, his h- high IQ, I could definitely see Sadiq Bay going to san antonio and we look up in a year and just the first year return on it just the first year return he goes 10 he goes 11 he goes 15 whatever but he's a he's a top four rookie in the nba i got him going 11 to san antonio
0: i love him i've got him in the top 10 of my big board i I just don't understand why he could miss like I, i don't know that he'll be a star but he seems pretty safe. I mean, 6'8", combo forward. He is a 3 and D guy, shot above 40% from three-point range, comes from a strong system, high basketball IQ. Coaches there loved him. He earned this. He, he was not projected. You know, We've talked about this before. Sometimes guys that are projected to go in the first round by some are there off of reputation developed in high school. Jaden McDaniels might be a good example of that in this draft. He didn't do anything at Washington that makes him worthy of where people talk about him. But, you know, if you saw him before Washington and you can imagine what it is he might be, then you, you might want to take him in in the twenties, I guess. Sadiq Bay didn't have that kind of prep reputation. He was, a a sub 100 prospect coming out of high school but was the most impactful player freshman at Villanova in his freshman year and then was the best player on a Big East championship team in his sophomore year I like him a lot if he's there at 11 um yeah I, I, I I'd snatch him up and feel great about it with the 12th pick in the 2020 NBA draft the Sacramento Kings select Devin Vassell out of florida state he's somebody who i think could help immediately and they i i guess i should, this goes without saying with almost everybody in the western conference like they're trying to win now like uh, the only team's probably not trying to win now in in the west is, is like oklahoma city maybe i don't yeah. know like depending on what they do with chris paul but like everybody else thinks that they can they they have the stuff to maybe make a playoff push, and this is somebody who I believe could help Sacramento um, as a rookie. Averaged only twelve and five at Florida State, but this past season but we've talked about this before Uh, that has a lot to do with Florida State's system doesn't really say much about Devin Vassell as an NBA prospect shot 42 percent from three plus defender so you know he's a classic three and d guy wings who could shoot from three are very very valuable in the NBA right now Devin Vassell is uh, one of many in this draft and and one of the best uh,
1: I don't know where I am on Vassell relative to where you've got him here. With If the Kings took him, um, it's certainly not a pick that's going to wow a lot of people, but it, frankly, sometimes that's just totally uh, mislabeled there. Uh, Vassell is going to be competing with his teammate, Patrick Williams, who we'll get to before this podcast is done. Who's the Florida State player that's going to be picked first? I think it will be Vassell. There was also... Uh, a video that circulated about 3 weeks ago where it looked like Vassell had completely changed his shooting form and uh was bringing the ball back way high elbow was super high and it it didn't look like an improvement for the better but we'll see you've got him at 12 13 oh, uh, go ahead
0: well i was just going to say on that video yeah um because it looked awful.
1: it it doesn't look good man it it looks it I, almost <laughs> looks like a um
0: like if you if
1: you built a robot and, and tried to get it to shoot a basketball like w- with a certain kind of form I don't know it was it, it came out of nowhere it was a little wonky. Go ahead.
0: i know but here's what i would say of that i i would bet it's just a video like have you ever been in a gym and somebody throws you a ball and you you might just do goofy stuff with it and maybe there's that, there's that like I, sure. that's that's what i would assume that was because here's the thing he he did need to work on his shot and so the way this stuff works is these guys announce they're turning pro, and almost immediately the agent that they've had for five years <laughs> sets them up with a train, moves them somewhere, and yeah. they're they're suddenly working with an NBA level trainer. There is no scenario where an agent sends you Devin Vassell and you say, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna rework your jumper," and that's what it turns into. Like there is a scenario where that's the way he shot it and you're trying to fix that, but you haven't fixed it yet. There's no way you get Devin Vassell, and after three months, you've got him shooting like that. So I i have forever assumed that he just grabbed the ball, and he was just goofing around, and somebody put 20 seconds of video on on Twitter, and it made the rounds and created all these conversations. I do not believe that's how Devin Vassell shoots well, you say I, that. I, I refuse to believe that.
1: Well, you say that, and yet Markel Fultz happened.
0: So... I don't know what happened there. That was more of a mental thing. Well, that was more of an injury combined with a mental thing. Right. That's a. Yeah, I mean that was a nightmare. That that was bananas. But like, I. I, How how about this? We will revisit this night one of Devin Vassell's NBA career, and if he shoots the ball like he shot it in that video, I will publicly apologize to you, (laughs) Deadly. Okay.
1: With the thirteenth pick in the twenty twenty NBA draft, the New Orleans Pelicans select Cole Anthony. At 13, um, I'm going to take the Pels, uh, bringing in Cole out of UNC, who was everything and yet somehow not nothing, but just he meant so much to that Carolina team. But the but UNC went 14-19 and 19 last season, and Anthony played in 22 of those games. He started in 20 of them. He shot 34% from three, 40% from two absolutely the kind of we did a whole podcast dedicated to him so uh our nba diehards and our draftniks that are listening to us obviously uh, heard that podcast but just to, to hit on a theme real quick again and dip back in he's a player who for his entire life has needed the ball in his hands and has been the lead guard for his team it has never not been the case there how he adapts to that at the next level will be really interesting i actually think going to new orleans would be good for him i do think that's a good fit overall um and New Orleans, by the way, is, is a front office that has a reputation for relatively having its act together. We, you know, there's there's a lot of teams where, uh, within the league, uh, you know, it's, it's <laughs> there's not a ton of confidence in the front office. But that's actually not the case in, in New Orleans. So if he goes there, I actually think that uh, I, I'd mark it as a good sign of endorsement. So... Um, anthony's range is probably anywhere from 10 to 20 in this draft i'll take him going to the pels and being an immediate role player and then we see what what can happen in a year two or year three but he's not going to be a guy that's going to be asked to come in and run the offense nor who should he be and frankly nor does he deserve to be after what he did at carolina
0: so in my personal mock draft i have kyra lewis going 13th to new orleans and And then Cole Anthony going 14th to Boston and like reasonable people can disagree on that. You'll find out momentarily we have the order switched, uh, the exact opposite way here. But I think fit is such an important thing for Cole Anthony, more important than it is for most prospects in this draft. The, if I were Greg, his father, former UNLV runner, rebel NBA and a former coworker of ours, um, If I were Greg, I would want Cole to go to I would rather Cole go lower in this draft, but to a strong franchise where he's a backup point guard as a rookie than I would to go high in this draft to a bad franchise where somebody gives the ball to him. Because obviously with most NBA prospects, the careers can go a variety of different ways. But I could envision a scenario where Cole gets drafted by a bad franchise. They give him the ball and say, hey, go go do your thing and he's just an inefficient, big-scoring lead guard on bad teams for much of his career. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying I can imagine that. What I think is so preferable to that would be, again, in my personal mock draft, he gets selected by the Boston Celtics, and he goes to Boston, strong coach, strong front office, strong franchise, strong culture. He's not – Walker Walker's the starting point guard in Boston. Cole Anthony comes off the bench for the first, I'm assuming first time in his life mm-hmm. is not asked to do anything other than be a role player. I assume for the first time in his life. And I, I genuinely believe that could be incredible for his development and his long-term career. Kimba is 30 years old. And again, I know you just took him for the Pelicans, but like if, if he were going to a place like Boston, you come in and be a backup for a year or two and then take over you're still very, very young, but you've had that time to, for the first time in your life, see the game from a different perspective. Do things that you've never done before. If I were Cole Anthony, I, I you know, I, that's – and this must be difficult for a guy who a year ago was being talked about as a possible number one pick in the draft. Now we're talking about him going – back into the lottery, maybe outside of the lottery. But fit is a really important thing. I hope, for the sake of his career, I hope he is drafted by a strong franchise where he is not asked to do too much as a rookie and he can learn how to to be a better basketball player uh, because all of the natural stuff, that's there. That's easy to see.
1: All right, so that means with 14 you have?
0: 14th pick, 2020 NBA draft, the Boston Celtics select... Kyra Lewis out of Alabama. I, I've done a lot of uh, CBS Sports HQ stuff, even mock drafts with Avery Johnson, who, of course, recruited Kyra and coached him for a year at Alabama. He loves him, absolutely loves him, would have him inside of the top 10. And this is not one of those things I can just tell you from, from, from talking to Avery about him so much. This is not one of those things where the former coach is, you know, playing up his guy. Like, he, he sometimes you can tell a lot about what somebody thinks about something by what they don't say, as opposed to what they do say. If, if Avery wanted to keep it simple with Kyra, he could just touch on the bullet points and then move on, you know, say positive things and leave out the net. He raves about Kyra Lewis. And to me, that means something, a guy who, was a successful player and coach in that league. Nobody's been around Kyra Lewis more than Avery Johnson, and Avery absolutely loves him. Six three-point guard, real blur with the ball, averaged 18.5 points, 5.2 assists, 4.8 rebounds, 1.8 steals as a sophomore, so he was super productive. Shot 37% from three and 49% from three in Alabama's final seven games. Um, like I just mentioned as we were talking about uh, uh, Cole Anthony, You know, this is Boston taking Kyra Lewis. Kimball Walker is 30 years old, and he's coming off of a disappointing postseason. Kyra Lewis could back him up, play with him, and then eventually replace him if things go well. This is the
1: hot name rising up the board in the first round. Kyra Lewis has been just, the buzz around him in the past two to three to four weeks has been immense. We have him at 14 the way it played out. I honestly believe Kyra Lewis could go as high as six on draft night. Not predicting it would happen. I think that is going to be in the cards. He, There is not one player that has more positive momentum heading into draft night than Kyra Lewis. He will not fall out of the lottery. We literally have him in the last pick of the lottery here. And there are some teams, from what I gather, that evaluate him as the second best point guard in the draft to Lamella Ball. So keep an eye on Kyra Lewis. He is going to be a very hot prospect on draft night. Okay, with the 15th pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Orlando Magic select Precious Achua. We did an episode about him as well. I hope you enjoyed our draft profiles. We did have a a good time doing it, and you got to... Get Familiar with the number of guys. Precious was one of them. We said it before. His draft stock was improved more than any other player in this draft in terms of what they did last season and, and almost circumstances out of their control. This also means that Memphis will be the only team to have uh, two players selected in the top 15, potentially, um, you know, top 16, top 17. The only other team that will be in that conversation, I think, is Florida State. But I love Achua 15 to the Magic. He uh, just, you know, he shined in so many ways playing playing as the five. Uh, he's not going to be asked to step out and, and shoot. Uh, he he'll, He's willing to do it here and there. He shot 32.5% from three. Was a 51% uh, two-point shooter. Can get to the line. Um, foul shot. Needs some work. 60% from the line there. But um, I don't need to bang the drum again. We just did a recent episode on him. But I'm uh, to me, Achua did enough to validate being a top 15 pick. And so I've got him here going to Orlando.
0: Before somebody uh, tweets us in anger, I want to be clear about what you're saying. You don't really think Precious Achua improved his draft stock more than anybody else in college basketball, do you? No.
1: Precious Achua is going to be taken higher in this draft because of the fact James Wiseman left the team than he otherwise would have. Like, I believe that if Wiseman had stayed on the team last season, that there's no way Achua would be a top 20 pick. Don't, don't you agree?
0: I don't know that I agree. I, I, I don't, I don't strongly disagree. I, you know, he was a projected top 20 pick coming out of high school. It's possible that he would have looked like something less than that playing beside James Wiseman. I, I guess let's, let's focus on what we agree on. Precious Achua benefited from James Wiseman quitting the team. Memphis did benefit from it. Um, and I don't think Precious thought in real time he was benefiting from it, but he adapted, played his role, played it well, super productive and also. I think it prevented him because he had to suddenly, like he went to Memphis for a variety of reasons, but one of them clearly was to play, you know, to be the starting four next to the best five in the country. Then the best five in the country quits the team the week before Christmas. So now you've got to play the five. He didn't want to play the five, but by playing the five, it kept him closer to the rim and prevented him from, from uh, roaming on the perimeter too much where I guess there's an alternate universe where he could have really shown what he can do out there. But I think the most likely scenario is he would have consistently shown all of the things he can't consistently do on the perimeter, but he was great in the role that he was asked to play. And he did um, show over and over again, a real talent for being able to switch on to smaller players and guard in space, all of which is important in the NBA. Now he's a super athlete, great motor. Um, I think he's, he's at, at worst, he's a, you know, eight year role player in the NBA, high energy guy, small ball five at, at best. If he becomes anything on the offensive end consistently because he's not right now. He's, he's, he's a dunker and an offensive rebounder and a putback guy. Um, you know, he, 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 he likes to take jumpers. He just doesn't make them that often, but if he ever proves or shows an ability to do that, then I could envision a scenario where you feel very good, um, you know, getting him, you know, middle of, of the first round, because if you told me, he is going to be a plus on the offensive end with time. In addition to all of the other things that he so clearly can do, then he looks more like a top 10 pick in this draft as opposed to a top 15. All right, that's 15 picks in the book. We got 15 more to go. We'll dive in to what the Blazers are going to do next. But first, check this out.
1: The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
0: All right, so we got 15 picks in the book. We're now at number 16, and with the 16th pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Portland Trailblazers select R.J. Hampton. He's an American-born player who spent the past year playing in New Zealand, um, was considering Kansas, Texas Tech, and Memphis before he decided to go the professional route. I I know some people might look at this and go, uh, listen, Portland has Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum why would you take another guard because you don't want Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum playing as many minutes as they play like they they are way up there in minutes played per game they were in the bubble they were in the playoffs and now you've got a quick turnaround on the NBA season i'm not saying all of that should dictate what you do in this draft but i do think it's 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 something to consider you take RJ Hampton he could you know he's a 6-5 combo guard he could back up Damian Lillard or play with Damian Lillard, or play with both Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. Um, Great first step, gets to the rim, great body, still needs to get the shot more consistent, but he has been working on that jump shot uh, religiously. Spent a lot of time in Memphis uh, this offseason working with Mike Miller. Um, Mike, obviously, an accomplished shooter at the professional level. So um, there's some real... uh, belief around the league that the jump shot will improve and if the jump shot improves the other stuff is there and again uh, portland's got to figure out a way to get somebody who can get meaningful minutes off the bench to lower the minutes played per game for dame and for cj rj hampton at this point in this mock draft is is the guy best equipped to do that
1: with the 17th pick in this draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh,
0: Adam Silver, by the way, would never say with the 17th pick in this draft. He would say with the 17th pick in the 2020 NBA draft.
1: Yeah, I'm not Adam Silver though. Yeah. So yeah, we're going I think, I think hey, listeners you you by the 17th pick realize we're talking about the 2020 draft. They're going to take Jalen Smith, a 6'10 forward/slash center out of Maryland. I mentioned Kyra Lewis is the hottest name rising up. I think Jalen Smith has some really good buzz as well, and it has a good chance of going in the top 20. He is um, someone who can step out and absolutely will step out and shoot. He'll be tasked with doing that. A good seven-foot wingspan. And I think that he is going to be able to be uh, kind of a moderate – like A neo-modern forward. I I think that he could use some more toughness around the rim, which isn't to say that he completely lacks it, but um, certainly someone that I think can step in, average two blocks a game, 12 points eight boards, and I think the upside is enough there, particularly if you're Minnesota. And again, who knows if it trades out of this or not, but we had Minnesota at one. Now we've got him again coming back at 17. He's definitely a player if you're Minnesota. You've got a little bit of house money. Take a chance on him because if he hits, he could be a top-10 talent in this draft five years from now. I like him at 17.
0: With the 18th pick in the 2020 2020- NBA draft, the Dallas Mavericks select Patrick Williams out of Florida State. I said earlier I might be higher on Sadiq Bay than, than most. I am higher on Sadiq Bay than most. I am lower on Patrick Williams than most. And let me acknowledge up front, I, I might be wrong. Like I, I, I don't love him as, as as much as the people who love him love him. But at 18, if he were to be available and he is in this mock draft, I, I don't think I can pass. Very young. Very long, 6'8", 225, 7-foot wingspan. So he's big, long, and strong, like super strong for his age. Could be a three, great, great 3 and D guy, but he did only shoot 32% from three-point range. Now, I've talked to a lot of people about him over the past week, read a lot about him over the past week, because he is somebody that um, a- appears to be, I don't know, his name is, is, is getting bounced around a lot. And there's just a real strong belief around the league that he was not a—I don't want to say a that acts like that, that sounds like Leonard Hamilton like put handcuffs on him. Uh, he 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 did not, for whatever reason, show everything he's capable of consistently at Florida State because they had other three and D guys who are older. Devin Vassell being a, a great example of that, and so there's some real thought that when you watch florida state you could see it but you didn't see it as often as as maybe you you could have uh, but in workouts he's really been able to show it and people are enamored and though he was available at 18 in our mock draft i if i had to bet i would bet he's not actually available at 18 in wednesday night's actual nba draft
1: yeah, you said you're lower on him than most. I'm even lower than you. I mean, if we if we played this out to twenty two, twenty three, I still wouldn't have him on the board there. I'm just uh, I'm a relative seller on on Patrick Williams uh, in relation to the guys around him, but he is going to be taken in the top twenty, and he's likely to be gone by eighteen. But I'm just not as in on him. With the nineteenth pick in this twenty twenty NBA draft, I've got the Brooklyn Nets selecting Isaiah Stewart, who I uh, think is a similar player to Precious Achua and was you know, really, really good on a bad team. I mean, Washington has has unfortunately had a habit of this in recent seasons, Um, but I think what we could have here for the second straight season is Washington to produce uh, a player who was undeniably productive uh, up there in Seattle and then step into the league and and be an impact player right away. He's not going to be what I said uh, Matisse Theibel would be. I mean, I was... I couldn't have been more in on Theibel last year, and that proved to be correct. He's he's adapted immediately and been um, really one of the better rookie defenders the NBA has seen in the past five to seven years. Stewart's not going to be Theibel, but he's six nine, just an absolute force around the rim. Uh, he doesn't really step out and shoot it that much, but I do love his defense, his athleticism. He's worthy of going in the top 20 here. I think that him going to the Nets at 19 is a really good spot. They, you know, this is going to be a Brooklyn team that's going to be expected once it's fully healthy with, with KD and Kyrie. Obviously, you got the new coach and Steve Nash. Um, I wonder how his influence, like, you know, it's, it's hard to picture Steve Nash, being like Isaiah Stewart's going to be our first pick with me as coach. It's not his decision though. Um, I'll, I'll be interested to see how he works with those pieces. I just like the fit here a ton. And I happen to think Isaiah Stewart's a top 20 prospect in this draft. So this is definitely a case of just, this is where the pieces fall. He's available. The Nets could use him. They should take him at 19.
0: With the 20th pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Miami Heat select Trey Jones, Duke University. Um, Gordon Dragic is a free agent. Everybody believes that he's going to re-sign with Miami. But, like, even if he does, it'll probably be on a, a big one-year deal. He's getting older. Uh, Kendrick Nunn got benched in the playoffs. There were parts of the NBA finals where Jimmy Butler was, like, a de facto point guard for Miami. So, like, this is a a, a positional need. And I, I'm a believer in Trey Jones. Great leader. Great run your team point. Great point guard, great on-ball defender, shot 36% from three. Like his older brother, Tyus Jones, has developed into a very good backup point guard, uh, backing up John Morant uh, in, in Memphis. I, I think Trey Jones is going to be better than Tyus Jones. And so if you just told me, let's just keep this very simple, with the 20th pick in what is perceived to be a weak draft draft, You need a point guard. It's a position of need. And you can get somebody who is going to, projects to be better than Tyus Jones is right now. I'd take that guy. I'm a believer in Trey Jones.
1: With the 21st pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Philadelphia 76ers select Vernon Carey Jr. Oh, you're serious, baby? It's back to back two keys. Oh, my God. Vernon Carey was the best Freshman in America last season, and it wasn't close. And he's no sure thing to go in the first round, and I think it's an absolute joke. I don't understand it. He's he's also shed, like, 12 to 15 pounds of fat in this elongated buildup to the NBA draft here. Just a stud. 59% from two. Drew Fowles, as good as, as well as anyone in college basketball. 116.6 offensive rating. Wonderful passer. He's not going to be tasked explicitly with working the post, but even small things like this, like when he got to college, he had never been a post player ever. It just wasn't part of his repertoire. Nate James rebuilt him and made him into one of the most dominant low post players in college basketball. He wants to prove that he can step out and shoot. We'll see how much he's asked to do that. Philadelphia is a fascinating situation. Obviously, they bring in Daryl Morey to help run the team alongside Elton Brand. Um, No one really quite knows what to expect from the 76ers, who frankly have been consistently one of the five most buzzed about, talked about intriguing, disappointing teams in the NBA over the past five to seven seasons. So I don't think anyone truly has any idea what Philly's going to do at 21. I think it's among the, the wildest of wild cards outside the lottery and in the first round in this draft. But I love Kerry. I'm going to bang this drum. I don't know if he'll go first round. There's no reason that he shouldn't, in my opinion. So... You're getting a little bit of variety and flavor in this kind of podcast mock draft because, again, we are going with the guys we think. We're not going to try and necessarily explicitly project what these teams are, do, are going to do. But I'm, if I'm Philly and I've got 21 and carries on the board, he's the best prospect there, and so he goes there for me.
0: Listen, the, the knocks are obvious. He's, you know, a, 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 big body, big, uh, you know, and not a great athlete. Kenny garden space is a real question. It, it, it's all the stuff you've heard about him for more than a year now, but I I'm mostly with you on Vernon Carey. I don't have him this high, but I do have him in the first round of my mock draft 30th to the Boston Celtics, a team that a franchise that probably needs to try to, to upgrade, uh, At center, I guess, and maybe this is an oversimplified way to look at it. But, I mean, we're talking about somebody who has forever been considered one of the best players his age. Yeah, Like, never not been considered one of the very best players his age when he was 15, 16, 17. Then he goes to college on a big stage, and he's awesome. And now there's just no place for him? Like, it's just over? Like, I just don't believe that. I don't either. I just don't believe that. Now, I, I I have already acknowledged the questions that are attached to him, but somebody who was forever considered an elite high school prospect, then goes to college for one year and is an awesome college player. I'm going to until I see it, I'm going to assume that that guy can play in the NBA. And the fact that that he has reworked his body, I think, is a great sign. Like it, it, it people are telling him, here's what you need to do, and he's doing. Those things. So I'm going to bet on Vernon Carey again. I don't have him going in as high as you have him, but I do have him as a first round pick and I do have him as a as a a, 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 an NBA player. I I, I, really at this point in the draft, you're just trying to get NBA players. You know, we, we we talk about these guys leading up to the draft. And then in some cases, we will never talk to about them again. Like, literally, no, we will never say their name again. They will not matter. A lot of these guys will not matter. I think Vernon Carey is going to matter. And if you can get somebody who's going to matter in the first round of an NBA draft, um, you should feel good about it. I Again, not this high. I wouldn't, but somewhere in the first round, yeah, somewhere in the 20s. Or, or you know, I think I have him 30. So in the top 30, uh, I'd spend a pick on Vernon Carey. With the 22nd pick, 2020 NBA draft, the Denver Nuggets select. Ty Reese Maxey out of Kentucky, 6'3 combo guard, raised in Texas. He is going to be 20 years old on the night of the draft, so still relatively young, 14 points, 4.3 rebounds, 3.2 assists for a Kentucky team that you know won the SEC by three games. He only shot 29.2% from three. That's not great, but there is some thought that he can be a shooter in the NBA. And if he can be a shooter in the NBA, then he's going to be a real player in the NBA. You'd be happy getting him at this point in the draft. Nice package of floaters, um, absorbs contact, can finish with either hand. And though the three-point percentage is low, the fact that he shot Above eighty percent from the free throw line suggests that he can shoot. It's just a matter of of you know getting it right. And so um, I, I think I'm lower on Maxi than most, but at this point in the draft, uh, you know he he'd be best available on my board.
1: Maxi uh, at twenty two, I think would be a good value for the Nuggets. There, keep an eye on that. And as we kind of get through the rest of these picks, uh, I did make a few calls around, and it seems like the. The feeling on this year's draft is, you know, it's weak at the top. And then once you start getting into the 20 to 25 range and go all the way, keep this in mind when you listen to this podcast and when you take in uh, draft content on CBS Sports HQ on Wednesday night, from the like the 22 to 25 range all the way down to 50, It's the feeling is like it is a grab bag. And I even had uh, one NBA uh, personnel tell me, that you're going to see guys projected in the low 40s go in the first round and vice versa. Guys that are like, if you take a look and it's this guy's like 26 on a board, he might not go to like 44. That usually doesn't happen every year. Usually once we get to about Wednesday and all the intel's in, yes, you'll have some surprises, but the feeling heading into this for a number of reasons is that 22 to to 50 is, is pretty wide. And then from about 50 to about 70 to 75, it's good. And then it drops off a cliff. And then it's just, and then there's there's almost like a uh, a close to a consensus top seventy to seventy five. So just keep that in mind. With the twenty third pick in the twenty twenty NBA draft, the Utah Jazz select Xavier Tillman. I am as in on Tillman as I am on Kerry. Uh, I there is he has he might go in the second round. There is no reason to take Xavier Tillman in the second round. He is a top five defender in this draft. Just he might need a little bit of work with some ball handling in and around the rim, in the paint, but I think he's a good enough passer, got enough done on the offensive end, wonderful teammate, uh, bright young man, and defensively there are very few questions. Physically, there are very few questions. I don't understand. This is a classic case. I just don't Get it. I don't see how there isn't universal consensus that this is one of the 25 best prospects in this class. I don't understand it whatsoever. So he's going 23 to the Jazz for me, and I think he'd be a great fit there.
0: With the 24th pick of the 2020 NBA draft, the Milwaukee Bucks select Teo Maladin. He's an international prospect. Uh, It seems pretty clear at this point that... Uh, Eric Bledsoe was a bad signing in in Milwaukee. He doesn't fit well with Giannis. Uh, Perhaps Maladin could. 6'4 combo guard, only 19 years old. He's from France. Had a shoulder injury um, this past season, but but by all accounts, he's fine now. Great feel for the game. Has pro experience at the highest levels of European basketball. Um, Great work ethic. Uh, He's worth a shot at this point in the draft, especially for a franchise that could use um, you know, uh, some point guard uh, depth.
1: With the 25th pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Oklahoma City Thunder select Daniel Oturu. You mentioned OKC before. Where are they going as an organization at this point? What steps are they going to take this year? Are they going to try and trade out of the spot, move up, move down? No one really knows. I think the 25th pick uh, is vulnerable uh, for the taking and for being traded out of. But Oturu was the eighth most efficient player in college basketball last season, according to Ken Palm. He shot 37% in his two seasons from three at Minnesota, shot 57% from two. Really good defender around the rim. Uh, High block percentage rate, 7.1 last season. Uh, Really, uh, you know, close to elite rebounder. I won't say an elite rebounder, but close to that. And the kind of player that I think is worth a flyer in the first round. Uh, I think he was probably one of the five best players in the Big Ten last season. Big Ten's been really, really good—a really good league. Uh, that should absolutely count for something. So for Oklahoma City, again, this is a hard pick to peg, but on my big board and where we have it open, he, he was available, and I can't pass him up uh, much further than this because I think the upside is really, really good, and he's fairly well-rounded. He's not, uh, you know, uh, you know, eighty percent defense, twenty percent offense, or vice versa. He's got a good fifty-fifty split, and I like. Him. As a top 25 pick.
0: With the 26th pick, 2020 NBA draft, the Boston Celtics select Leandro Balmaro, who is an international prospect. He uh, was born in Argentina, plays in Europe. He's only 20 years old. This is just an obvious stash option for Boston. You know, the Celtics have three first round picks. Who knows if they're actually going to, to, to execute all picks, but. You know, they don't have much room on their roster. They, they, they cannot add three first-round picks to their roster as currently constructed. Correct. So you've got a guy here who is a first-round talent who is already committed to playing in Barcelona next season. Like, he's actually signed with Barcelona through 2023. So this... It, it, I, if he's available, you, this makes a ton of sense to me. He's a good playmaker, can create for others and himself. Uh, only shot around 30% from three each of the past two seasons, so that has to improve. But, like, let him try to improve it in Spain. Uh, you just take him, leave him there, and you bring him over whenever it's time to bring him over. If you if Boston really does use three picks in the first round, I, I think one of them will be on a stash option, and this is – the best stash option at this point in the draft
1: gp with the balmaro scouting report i absolutely love it you're actually on the right scent though because i got i was talking to someone on saturday uh high first round buzz for balmaro it just seems like that's going to happen the celtics i think will only wind up using one pick to add to their roster in the first round that's my estimation at this point we'll see what changes but you are hitting on some very accurate themes there from what i can tell all right with the 27th pick I'm a Leandro Balmaro expert you at this point. <laughs> Listen, when I'm on HQ on on Wednesday, they're gonna throw it to me. i will be like, "Listen, I could offer you something, but GP's got stuff on Balmaro that we got to do." I have taught,
0: to- like in all seriousness. I am so tired of talking about these players. (laughs) I I have been talking about these players for, it feels like, forever. (laughs) I am so sick of the prospects in the 2020 NBA draft.
1: You just cannot absolutely, you you just hate RJ Hampton at this point. I know it. (laughs) It's fine. Uh, We're almost done. Four more picks and then we're out of here. 27th pick, 2020 NBA draft. The New York Knicks select Cassius Stanley, I think he is a vintage uh, example of what I mentioned just a couple minutes ago, where he could go 24th, he could go 43rd, uh, but I'm going to put him at 47 with the Knicks. He is a Knicksy player. There's no 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 denying it. He bested Zion Williamson's vertical leap for the Duke program record wonderful uh, potential on the defensive end. I actually think that he makes for a a pretty solid but not high level score, uh, clearly a top 5 athlete in this draft and in this spot with the Knicks having this pick there is no there is no more idea. He is he is flashy, he is everything that the Knicks want to be and um the Knicks drafted someone last year I can't remember the name, but I think he was out of Duke as well. So you go with Duke players back-to-back. Stanley joins. uh, Yeah, I can't remember who that was. But regardless, Stanley, 27 to the Knicks.
0: With the 28th pick, 2020 NBA draft, the Los Angeles Lakers, your reigning world champions, select Malachi Flynn out of San Diego State. Listen, I don't always um, think that you need to be drafting for need or be drafting for somebody who can help you now as opposed to three years from now. Especially at the top of the draft, I'm more uh, looking for upside than somebody who's going to have an immediate impact. That's why I would take LaMelo Ball before I would take Obi Toppin, even if I believe Obi Toppin is better equipped to be an impactful NBA player in the 2020-21 season. I say all that to say this. If you're the Lakers, you need to try to use this pick on somebody who can help you next season. Like, you're trying to maximize this LeBron James window and stack as many titles on top of each other as you can. Um, he is performing at an incredible level given his age. But at some point he will be too old to perform at this level. Get him help right now. I think Malachi Flynn can help right now. He's a six-one point guard, shot 37% from three, 86% from the free throw line. Let's San Diego State to a 30-2 record. Great in pick and roll. Shoots it from deep. The Lakers need a point guard who could help next season, and Malachi Flynn would be that guy in this draft at this point. I would also consider Cassius Winston if Malachi Flynn were off the board. And I could understand the argument for Cassius Winston above Malachi Flan, but if I'm the Lakers, there's so many, like there, there's a there's a handful of point guards that are that are all sort of fall under the same umbrella that could theoretically be available at 28. Trey Jones, Malachi Flan, Cassius Winston, guys who know how to run your team, great leaders, can shoot it, um, and, and are ready to play next season. Any of them fall to me, I'm happy to take them.
1: Yeah, and on top of that, by the way, even someone like a Nico Mannion could be there. I think he's not going to be on our uh, our mock draft spoiler for the final couple of picks here, uh, but he's not going to be there. Peyton Pritchard is someone personally that I would uh, that just missed out. Uh, he could also be there. Um, I don't know if Devin- I, like,
0: I, I like Pritchard. I I, I like Mannion as a point guard with the Lakers. I want a point guard who could shoot. I want a yeah. shooter playing with LeBron James. Manion's a non-shooter right now. Flynn can shoot. Trey Jones can shoot. Cash, Winston can shoot. Peyton Pritchard can shoot. Manion's a non-shooter right now. If I'm the Lakers, I don't want to mess with that right
1: now. I, I agree with you. Uh, I wonder if a deep sleeper might be... Uh, for This is just specifically for the Lakers. Deep sleepers to be picked there that we don't have. I wonder if um, Skylar Mays might be able to pop up into the first round and be there. And then I don't know how much of a sleeper he is, and he's not a point guard, but... I just and he's not in our mock here but I just wonder if Josh Green is going to uh, to be able to scoot in the back door and be a first round pick on Wednesday night. With the 29th pick in the 2020 NBA draft. My final one for our mock here, the Toronto Raptors are selecting Cassius Winston. He was our final NBA draft profile episode that we focused on, so we don't need to uh to go too heavy into this, but uh, listen, he's here because I'm I'm sticking to what I said on the podcast. Like he should be a first round pick. So to me, he would fit wonderfully, um, and whether or not Fred Van Vliet's going to stick with Toronto for the long term or not I think is immaterial to this. He steps in. He's a, he's a backup point guard, and he's the kind of player that you want. Winning team, winning coach, winning player, wonderful offensive player, great high IQ. Again, you are the Raptors. You're at 29. There are very few players that just seem to be a more – sensible if not safe pick in the 29th spot in this draft than Cassius Winston, who's been a wonderful basketball player for a long time.
0: Apparently all the testing stuff was just awful. (laughs) Like like little can't run. Like it's none he all of the the testing stuff was like very bad for Cassius. But I'm just gonna believe in a guy who can run your team, uh play and pick and roll and make shots. I I like him. I, I, I I we've talked about this on a previous podcast you know, all the measurables and testing stuff on Fred VanVleet was bad too. And then he gets to the NBA and he just does the same stuff in the NBA that he was doing at Wichita State. I could see Cassius Winston doing the same stuff he did at Michigan State in the NBA. Um, I have him going 28th to the Lakers in my personal mock draft, but that was with Malachi Flynn already off the board. In this mock draft, Malachi was still available, so I took him 28, but I would have. If, if the 29th pick would have been up to me, I would have done the same thing you did. I would have taken Cassius Winston for the Toronto Raptors, especially considering Van VanVleet is an unrestricted free agent. With the 30th, and thank God, final pick, of the first round of the 2020 NBA draft, the Boston Celtics select Zeke Najee. Out of Arizona, the Celtics need to try to upgrade center. Daniel Tice is their starting center. He's undersized and, and you know, marginally talented. Uh, with three first-round picks, again, if Boston is taking all of these picks, um, you take a flyer on Zeke Naji, Borderline top 40 prospect in the class of 2019. He was the third-best prospect in Arizona's recruiting class, but he was their best freshman. He averaged 16 points, nine rebounds, 6'11". Can probably play either front court spot, and uh, there are other guys I, I would I would consider here, but on my board, Zeke Naji is is the prospect that, that 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 made the most sense for Boston, given what else was already off the board.
1: Love Zeke Naji, uh, real quick on him. He, unlike Josh Green and Nico Mannion, his teammates at Arizona, Naji was able to quickly climb out of a brief multi-game funk in the early part of his freshman season and then consistently was just amazing a really good teammate eager to learn borderline endless battery and can can rebound with the best of them and i truly do mean with the best of them in this class so i love when i saw that you came in with him at that final pick I really was was happy you went with that because he's someone who I think is going to go in the first round, uh, but again, could be subject to what I talked about earlier. Um, there's just such a floating um, pool of players in, er, from the early 20s down to the mid to late 40s there that he could get lost in that kind of shuffle. On that note, just real quick, the guys we did not take in our first round that I think you need to pay attention to that have a good shot of actually going in the first round on draft night. Um, I mentioned Kyra Lewis is the hottest name. Jalen Smith might be two. Uh, I don't agree with this, but I think undeniably Desmond Bain out of TCU is, is bouncing up decently high and has got a good shot of going anywhere between 23 and 30. Keep an eye on him. Robert Woodard out of Mississippi State. I don't see him as a top 30 prospect in this draft. I do think he's going to wind up going in the first round, so keep an eye on him as well. Um, I... Grant Riller is someone that I, our buddy Zam Vecini is pretty high on. I'll be interested to see. He's out of Charleston, and he is rating, I think, as a top 10 offensive uh, threat coming into this pool. I don't know, uh, but he, he'll be up there, and so will Tyrell Terry out of Stanford, who had an opportunity to return, but once he knew that... I'm not saying he's been given a guarantee by any kind of team, but I think that Tyrell Terry is going to wind up going in the first round there. Um and, and he's another name to keep an eye on. So those are the guys that we did not, did not take in our in our mock here, but have a good shot. At least, you know, that's the buzz around them um, of going in the first round. And I'll close with this, and I'm going to mention this on, on HQ on, uh, on Wednesday. To me, Peyton Pritchard is a first-round pick. He was literally—I I just vacillated between Winston and Pritchard, but we just did the episode on Winston. I said I would take him in the first round. I wanted to honor that. But Pritchard, to me, was— I, I've, I've seen enough. I, I've seen enough has been the, uh, the go-to phrase here in early November in our country. I have seen enough. Peyton Pritchard, to me, is a top 30 player in this draft. I don't think he's going to go in the first round. Personally, if it was up to me, though, he should go there.
0: Uh, there are three players that are in the first round of my personal mock draft that did not go in the first round of this mock draft. It's Josh Green, Jaden McDaniels, and Nico Mannion. So two Arizona players that... And, and really the, the common thread between all three of them is that I still have my first round picks, but it's mostly based on high school reputation as opposed to what they actually did in their one years of college. Cause McDaniels was terrible. Josh green was, he showed flashes, but he wasn't consistently good. And Nico Nico was good. But again, uh, non-shooter at this point and there's just too many shooting point guards that were available in the mock draft we just did um, that, that that pushed him off the board but uh, 27 of the guys we just named are are in my mock draft that you can find right now cbssports.com Shouts to Devin Downey Shouts to Chester South Carolina Shouts to Terry MF and Teagle Legend Shouts to Larnow and Thank you guys for once again listening to the Ion College Basketball Podcast in the middle of the most idiotic uh, pandemic of my lifetime uh, can't wait for this thing to be over if you enjoy listening to the podcast Please go subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Tell somebody about it. You can subscribe anywhere way you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. Do that. I'd appreciate it. And we will talk to you again on Monday when we resume our series of profiles of the top 10 teams in my top 25 and one preseason college basketball rankings. On Monday, we will do number five. And number five is the Iowa Hawkeyes. So we'll talk to you again right then. Till then, take care.